you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Tyrana Taylor. Welcome. Thank you. How are you? So good to be here. I am fantastic. Very, very few things that excites me more than talking about my favorite topic, which is management. And uh, that's what we're going to do today. So uh, I'm excited. Me too. And it's great to know that there's someone else out in the world that thinks management is fun. (laughs) The topic of management. (laughs) It's not just fun. It's excitement. It is excitement. It is. Right. Just before we get into all this good stuff, there's people around the world who don't yet know who you are. And Mm -hmm. we should definitely change that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, how you ended up where you are, all the good stuff. All right, man. Thank you so much again for having me here on your platform with your community. It's really, really exciting. I am Tawana Taylor. And you know how people feel like, oh, you got to have this big, big, extraordinary team or this big, big company in order to orchestrate or coordinate or to outsource anything. Well, I'm here to debunk that. Management, leadership, project management is not just for big companies or big, big teams. It's for anybody who wants to move something forward, their extraordinary idea, turning it from nothing into something. I come to you with over 16 years experience, enterprise project consultant, certified project manager, and small business and state government, helping entrepreneurs show up consistently, make profitable decisions, and launch their extraordinary ideas strategically. So it is really, 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 when you say exciting, I'm right there with you in excitement about helping small business owners, founders, operators make a great impact and do big things, not just on the front end, but a solid foundation on the back end of their business. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, from my experience, success and yeah, management and business, it's all about humans, right? It's all about, all uh, about humans. Surrounding yourself with great people and whatever titles you give them and all that stuff is a lot less important, but really right? you want to be surrounded by great humans. So yes. um, where, where do we start with that? What's the best way of surrounding yourself with great people? Reminding yourself that you're not in it by yourself. How about that? Give yourself <laughs> permission, as we say in the online world, right? Give yourself permission to allow other people to come in, to seek out in other people what you know you yourself do not have. That in and of itself is absolutely liberating. Absolutely liberating. Can be, can be for sure. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I mean, um, humans, people, um, building organizations, it's all good fun. I, I guess the key thing, and, and this is what most people always ask me, how do I get the most out of the people I manage? Right? Mm. How do I get the most out of my staff? So what's the simple one, one bullet point solution to all your problems? Listen. <laughs> Listen. I have found that listening will then give me the data, if you will, like as leaders, if there's one thing that, I promote and encourage and have learned by other great leaders is data-driven decisions. 
And we know that data is both quantitative and qualitative. And if you have a team member that has been stigmatized as disgruntled or resistant or <laughs> whatever that case may be, there's a reason. Once that individual is heard, they may become one of your greatest allies because now they feel that the, 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 the change that they have known all along that potentially needs to happen or the workaround that someone put in place does not actually work, <laughs> right? Or the arbitrary, the seemingly arbitrary decision that has come down from leadership that doesn't make sense. Now that they've been heard, you might see a different momentum or a different energy from them. And so, yes, we all come with our amazing ideas and we all come with our prior experiences on how we think things should happen. Yet listening to the people, particularly those who are actually doing the work, like directly doing the work and those who are directly recipients or users of the work will give us a lot of great supportive information on which direction to go, why, and when. Um, when we listen, we don't start immediately with the how, but with what needs to happen, then we can really um, elevate, you know, the, the, the work or the initiative and the people who are supporting it. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. And that's one of the things I say a lot is that most people don't wake up in the morning wanting to be bad employees. Usually if they are a bad employee, there's usually... A good reason behind it. Uh, well, I'm sure there's one person out there somewhere that have a have an idea of being a bad employee is fun. But but all human beings, we want to no. contribute. We want to do amazing things. We want to be important. We want to be listened to. And mm -hmm. yeah, listening mm -hmm. is definitely a a great keyword. So how uh, how do you develop your listening skills if that is not one of your strengths? How do you develop your listening skills if that is not one of your strengths? Ooh, you know, <laughs> aside from one of the obvious things, which is very, very difficult to do as people, because we all think what we have to say is it's great and exciting and important, is to be quiet, <laughs> to pause, truly, um, no matter how excited we might be when we're in a room with either one or many people, pause, challenge ourselves to pause a moment and to make sure that we are listening to hear and not just to respond. So many times we rehearse in our head, okay, what I'm gonna say next is, well, do you, you don't know what the question is. <laughs> you don't know what the topic, you know, is that gonna be relevant in this scenario in this situation um slow down pausing or that that little moment of silence we've gotten so used to feeling space that it it's kind of um seen as uncomfortable in many in many places now we got to fill the room we got to fill the void but i found that if we just slow down so that we can actually get momentum <laughs> We, we're, we're better off with, oh, now I understand, or now I've gotten more, more insight or wisdom about what has been expressed or why it has been, you know, orchestrated that way, or you might even recognize I don't agree with it, but for the common cause, 
I can get with what needs to happen, right? The what's may be different <laughs> or the why's may be different rather, but the what's are usually are shared. So pausing sounds, you know, like maybe lofty in a sense. And yes, there are books and there are <laughs> maybe some, yeah, some other kind of tactics, tapping techniques or something that some people might have to tap into depending on personality and then how you're really driven as a human. Yet just taking the time to allow what is out there to set in so you can identify how to best respond to it will promote your leadership, will promote your listening, will promote your movement um, in your work, in your environment, and around people as well. They'll feel more acknowledged because you listened. Yep. It uh, aligns very well with two of my golden rules that are very difficult to follow for most people. Ooh. But uh, as a manager, as a boss, there's two, two magical rules. So number one, speak last. And number two is speak the least. If you can, if you can learn to follow those two things, then you will become a more effective leader in most cases. Obviously, there I'm sure there's a few exceptions out there with people who never say anything. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, but generally, most my experience is most leaders and most managers talk too much, and they often talk first, which means everyone else shuts up, and mm -hmm. that is not what you're trying to achieve when you're communicating. Oh, yeah. those golden rules are really awesome. <laughs> so yeah, that's good. That's good. I like it. I like it. Listening is listening is great. So um, when we when we're dealing with teams, and I mean operations is often one of the things that people look at as being the boring bits, which mm -hmm. delivering all the stuff you sell. Right. Um, you you've spent a lot of time with operations, so. Oh yeah. What are sort of the typical things that you see, particularly smaller businesses, really um, screw up or really make mistakes around? So the number one thing, Mad, is believing that marketing is the absolute answer to their business success. Wait, it's not? <gasps> right? <laughs> pause <laughs> it's 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 a portion of it a very impactful portion but it's not the 100 percent right of of the business success having a steady foundation what does that mean regardless of what your business is there are core components that you need to pay attention to in order to have what we deem a growth worthy business or a scalable business or a business that actually doesn't require you to be there all the time, <laughs> right? We don't have our businesses to be there all the time. Many of us set out in entrepreneurship in one form or another to have more time freedom, perhaps to have more access to something, whether it's money or uh, the ability to travel or the ability to give or the ability to explore, whatever that thing is, entrepreneurship, the, the pursuit of that tends to be a form of freedom. Unfortunately though, entrepreneurship tends to be a form of engagement for people because they don't have scalable, operations. 
Right. So I, I thought when people left the corporate world in nine to five, it was because they wanted to work 24 seven. So that's not the case. That's not the case. Shockingly, that's what it looks like though, right? <laughs> the outcome, the result <laughs> of what happens versus the vision of what, of what we intend doesn't always match up. And it's because we go into entrepreneurship trying to mimic, mirror, if you will, the big business, forgetting that big business has how many departments and how many people doing those things and are dedicated to doing those things. As an entrepreneur, whether you are a solopreneur or you have evolved to grow a team, right? Everyone has a function. Identifying what yours needs to be so that you can free yourself to bring in other people so that they can do the great things that they're good at doing. That's how you get to that time freedom, that autonomy, that vision, whatever your vision may be in the entrepreneurial journey. And you get there by having processes, systems, technology in place that can replicate the work easily, that can do the things that must be done, but don't necessarily have to be done by you. Yep. I totally agree with that. And uh, I would say one of the things I see a lot is particularly the transition, like, because when people start out, you know, often it's just them. Mm -hmm. And the transition from everything revolving around them mm -hmm. to everything being about their team mm -hmm. is probably, I would say with my clients, it's probably the number one sort of mindset change yes. that I spend the most time on, right? Yep, yep. I'm with you on that, Mad. Um, because even, even, even how to work, right? Like hours per day or time of day, it's a difficult shift for entrepreneurs to recognize you don't have to work nine to five if you need to work three to seven, <laughs> or two to 10 or one to four, <laughs> right? Whatever that needs to look like, intermittent work, given your um, lifestyle or your responsibilities. You may be a parent of young children. You may have aging parents that you are caring for. You may have a sibling with special abilities, or you may have, uh, I don't know, some other calling or talent or gift or some other opportunity that you're pursuing that does not um, support a traditional work schedule. That's the beauty. You get to create your schedule. You get to decide what's work and what's not work and when it needs to happen and how much fun you're going to have when you do it. You get to choose your bosses this time. I laugh yep. when people say, I, I, I don't want to, I want to I be an entrepreneur because I don't want to have a boss. And I'm like, ha, 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 you actually acquire so many more bosses than you did. <laughs> As an employee, right? A lot of different things become bosses depending on how you look at them. Your clients, you can see them as your boss. Your expenses, you can see them as your bosses. <laughs> a lot of things can become your bosses if you don't manage, you know, your, yourself and, and, and what you're doing well. So, mm -hmm. Actually, one of the secret hacks that I've seen, and I've, I've actually discovered this from some of, my, some of the clients I've had that have been absolutely most successful is the one that have had significant time constraints. Mm -hmm. And one of, the, one, of the, one of the hacks that I found is 
Uh, most people consider all their time as potential work time. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, particularly if you're managing a business and you're really busy and you're working 10, 12 hours days, try this trick. Try and cut every day down to just four hours. And don't be like, oh, but then I can't do all my work. That's not what it's about. What it's about is the fact that right now you're not doing the right things. If you're mm. working 10 to 12 hours a day, you're not doing the right things as an entrepreneur, as a leader, as a manager, you're not doing the right things. So if you cut your days down to just four hours a day and say, what are the most valuable things? What are the mm-hmm. things that moves the company forward the most? And what are the things that only I can do? Mm-hmm. If you just spend four hours a day doing those things and clear all the rest of the stuff off your calendar, and either you know work on bringing that the rest of the responsibility to other people in your team or mm-hmm. hiring additional people if you have to mm-hmm. but doing that is probably one of the biggest growth hacks i've seen yep. because the number one thing for most entrepreneurs is they're not spending the time doing the right things right yep. Yep. and often talking about operations they often end up doing a lot of the operational delivery stuff because mm-hmm. that's what they know. Right. And here's the thing. We all like feeling busy. We all like we yep. accomplish stuff. And yep. it's a lot less, it's a lot easier to mm-hmm. open and work on the stuff you already know and that you're mm-hmm. comfortable with yep. than doing the hot stuff. So. You're so on point with that, Matt. You're so on point with that. Absolutely. So question. I, okay. This is my favorite piece of every conversation I ever have with people. But what's the biggest management mistake you've ever made? Ooh, this is a good one. Let me see. The biggest management mistake I have ever made. Hmm. I know that I know they're out there. Let me think about that. <laughs> it's been a while. I'll say on my three on my three uh, sixty degree feedback. One thing that absolutely stood out was the element of excitement. And here's, here's what made it bad, right? It was like, well, how can excitement be bad? Not everyone is, is as excited. <laughs> Not everyone is ready to move in the same momentum with that same enthusiasm. Not everybody is on board with the shift, with the initiative. With the, and the mistake was assuming everyone was just excited as I was to get the work done, to start the initiative, to um, prioritize, if you will, the work of the project. What happens is you face resistance. Now, resistance doesn't need any help. (laughs) Resistance doesn't need any help. It shows up all by itself. Um, Yet when people feel um, forced or they feel, again, the reason why they aren't enthused hasn't been heard or, you know, um, hasn't been considered or uh, how this now, this new thing is feels like an additional load of work on top of the work that they're already doing, all those descriptive things. That brings on resistance. And with resistance, you can expect some self-sabotage, even though it's unintended, but you can expect it to happen because 
right? People are just trying, they're trying to take a stance, even if it won't serve them, they're trying to take a stance. And so I had to learn very quickly, um, not to minimize my enthusiasm, but to remember that not everyone will share the same level of enthusiasm, but it doesn't make them value less. It doesn't make them stubborn. It doesn't make them um, uh, um, any less of a contributor to the team. There's a reason, right? There's a reason and identifying what that reason is, asking them questions so that they can either be engaged in a way that motivates them, uh, equipped, right? Maybe they're resistant because they feel like they don't have the skill set. They don't have the knowledge, the expertise to go forward with it, right? Or simply empowered, like Mad said, the mind, there's something in their mind that's like, no, this isn't going to work. Past experience has told them, whether it's personal or professional, um, that this is not going to be good figuring out what that is and meeting them where they are, um, speaking to what moves and motivates them so that they can become um, an ally to the mission was very huge. So my biggest mistake of high energy, and I tend to be like, yeah, yeah, let's go everybody, woohoo! And some people are like, ma'am, have several seats today. <laughs> not this morning, not this hour, but today. We don't want, we're not here for that today. And I'm, why not? This is great. Change is wonderful, right? Change is the only thing constant. And yeah, some people, they, they need <laughs> to gradually move into the spirit of, you know, the shift or the leadership or whatever they have been um, assigned to do. Also just warming up to new ideas. I mean, you know, Absolutely. people, people, people approach change and ideas and, and uh, even good change. I mean, even mm -hmm. change that are obviously good um, yep. often get approached very, very differently from different kinds of people. That's right. And I think also, I mean, you mentioned enthusiasm, right? And I think one of the key things is that enthusiasm is also displayed very differently. Uh, yes, it a, is. As a human being, you are very expressive and it's obvious to see on you that you're extremely enthusiastic. Mm -hmm. There's people who might be as enthusiastic as you are, but they're just displaying it in a much in more a much uh, relaxed, lo way. low key way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely. So, excellent. Excellent. So, let's talk a little bit about how you learn to know all the stuff and do all the stuff you're doing today so what what's what's some of the biggest resources best resources or best ways to learn master the skill set that you've acquired well going at, at the, the very foundation of it all the project management institute <laughs> right it is the global governing body for uh, the world if you will of project management or project management as an industry it doesn't matter what industry you're in you can absolutely apply project management to it you're starting somewhere with a thought you're going to end it somewhere with the absolute deliverable and gathering the lessons learned hopefully so that we don't repeat right those same mistakes or so that we don't repeat things the same way when in fact things have changed. So a project management is one of the, um, 
one of the fundamental tools that you can use that you can go to to identify how to mobilize not only yourself, um, your thoughts, your, your, your ideas, but people. It's really about orchestrating people. And when I say orchestrate, I'm not saying puppeteering, <laughs> right? But it's really about giving people the um, delegated authority the autonomy, if you will, the freedom, the transparency, the ownership, uh, accountability to do what needs to be done. And everyone working together at their appointed time on their, their very specific thing so that the work happens, so that the results are, are um, driven or manifested, whatever you're you know, your speak is um, to get to that, that desired reality that we're all working towards. So that's one of the core things that um, I say, hey, you can absolutely go to. There are simple webinars, you know, <laughs> there's more beyond the, beyond the PMBOK, the project man management body of knowledge, which can, which can be very, um, oh, how do we say, mm, prescriptive. <laughs> Right. There are more um, there are more casual conversations. There are podcasts. There are leadership management mindset books. Anytime you're dealing with people, you're either dealing with the head, you're dealing with the heart or you're dealing with perhaps the skill set. Right. So once you figure out what the need is when you are um, activating yourself and your work with, with a team, whether you've been appointed or you're building the team yourself, once you figure out where that gap is, you can bridge it with these different um, resources, right? And, and um, bringing the team along and not dictating it to them, but either learning it with them or um, reading and we all have roundtable discussions about what has worked, you know, in your experience in your past. Um, and one of the things that I like to teach Matt is the DONE formula. It's an acronym, D-O-N-E. And it's one of the ways that I have, um, how do you say, brought together project management in the most simplified way possible to help entrepreneurs who maybe aren't proficient in, you know, operations, administration, and figuring out the what so that they can <laughs> pass along the how, it helps them get more accomplished. So I really have fun either coaching that one-on-one -on -one or teaching it via a webinar or a corporate workshop with teams. It's getting more done. It's doing more with less, working smarter, not harder, and using the basic fundamentals of project management. Fantastic. Tell us a little bit more about DONE. What is sure the acronym thing. all about? Oh, fantastic. So the acronym of DONE, the first D can be twofold because it depends on where you are in your process or in your stage or your phase of whatever you're mobilizing with your, you know, with your team. So the D is to define. Anytime you start with how, Mad, what do we have? Chaos. <laughs> We have chaos, we have confusion, we have a lot of time wasted, we have a lot of rework because we had to hurry up and figure out how we're going to get it done without first clarifying what 
needs to be done? What are we trying to accomplish? So define what you're trying to accomplish. That might take a couple of conversations. That might take tapping into some of your subject matter experts. That might take doing a little research, whether it's online or with another entity or whatever the case may be, but define what it is that you're trying to accomplish. If you were like, nope, got that. I already know what needs to be accomplished. We know what our deliverables and our outcomes ultimately should produce. Then decide. Um, it's not going to do itself, <laughs> right? Now that, you've, now that you've defined what needs to happen, if no one makes a decision on when, where, who, right, why, <laughs> then it's not going to go any further. It's still going to be an idea. And it's really not the idea that we're executing. It's the decisions that we're executing. So define what needs to happen and make a decision about where you're going to go, why you're doing it, who's going to help you along the way, right? Having the right people at the table. The next part of that done formula is the O. That's ownership. Now, I'm sure we've all been in situations, and I know they say, don't use extremes. Don't say every, always, all. <laughs> but I haven't met a person mad that hasn't been in the situation where it was, oh, I thought she was going to do it. Well, he said he was going to do it. Well, I thought such and such had it done. <laughs> right? And that's because no one owned it. No one knew specifically who was responsible for whatever it was. So ownership, you as the leader, go ahead and step into that autonomy that you are equipped to lead these amazing people towards whatever support they need. You are equipped to advocate for them. You are equipped to uh, gather resources for them, um, time, whatever the case may be. Own that as the leader so that the team will feel supported and can come to you with things as they come up. And then you're also going to give ownership to the team members so that they respond to the appointed uh, or the assigned tasks accordingly. The N in the done formula is to nurture. Now, when we hear nurture, depending on where you are in the world, you might think feminine. Nurture is not gender specific. Nurture simply means take care of what you are owning. Take care of what has been assigned to you, what you are assigning to others, so that it actually has quality to it when it's accomplished, right? When you want, when you want to be recognized for what's done at the end, you don't want to put your hand over your face like, mm -mm, don't put my name on it. You want to stand firm that, yes, I my team, we were able to do this because whatever that because is, you want to make sure that you are assessing the full scope of what it takes, right? Water that plant, give it sunshine. <laughs> if you got to put some drops into it, whatever your assignment requires, you want to make sure it has all the elements that it needs so that it can absolutely be cultivated. It can be brought forth into, you know, the reality that at the, at the level, the caliber or the quality that is deemed appropriate. And then that final element in the done formula is E. And this one might be obvious. Execute it, right? 
we've just we've defined what we're going to do we've made decisions on hey how we're absolutely going to 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 work towards mobilizing orchestrating this thing we're all taking ownership of our parts we're nurturing it we're tapping into our skill set we're tapping into our teams we're recognizing that there might be something prerequisite or something post us so we have to be accountable for making sure that we do our part with satisfaction with quality right some element of pride and executing it backing it to a calendar anytime i hear someone say oh i'm working on a project i immediately want to ask, oh great, when do you anticipate on finishing? If they don't have an end date, I have to kind of kindly say, I'm like compelled, right? <laughs> As a project manager, I'm compelled to say, oh, you have an operation. A project has a defined start and a defined end. At some point you must go to market, right? So you can have a, a, a project can come out of an operation, but a project can't be. <laughs> an ongoing operation. At some point, you have to put it out there. You have to come to a stop, put it out there, uh, test it out, if you will, and reiterate. So there may be another phase, but at the end of the day, you want to move from the idea to something that's actually tangible because you're going to produce either some type of qualitative difference or a quantitative difference in the work that you were doing day to day and the end result that your people internally and externally are experiencing through your business. So the done formula is a simplified way to look at how do I go from point A to point B or Z with the power of my team. Love it. Love it. And just, yeah, just to, to watch your last comment again, uh, it's a little bit, no, no end date is a bit like a goal without a plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Many, many people have many goals. Mm -hmm. Most people have no plans of how to actually get there. Mm -hmm. And wishing is not a great religion. It is not. Or and another, even with the plan, um, people often ask me, how can you be so flexible as a project professional? And I've simply learned with time, a plan is a roadmap, not a guarantee. There is more than one way to get there. So at the end of the day, right, whenever we want to go somewhere and travel, our destination doesn't change. Yet there are times where we've had to take a detour, but we were dead set on getting <laughs> right to the destination. I see projects, I see work, I see whatever our, whatever we're functioning towards uh, collaboratively the same way. We've got, a, we've got an ultimate end goal. We have a most preferred path, which is the one with the least resistant, often the one that will get us there the quickest. However, there are things that are absolutely out of our control, right? We all know that over the last couple of years at the time of this <laughs> podcast episode, <laughs> right? There's more than one way to get there. We might have to shift the method in which we're working or the, the, the means of transportation or the mode of communication, but it doesn't mean that destination can't be achieved, can't be reached. So, you know, give yourself grace and be innovative and be open to hearing all the ideas. Don't throw anything out until you have made an informed decision based on your data, quantitative and qualitative of what needs to be happening. Fantastic. Tayana, we are done.
Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, fantastic talking with you. If people are eager to get to know more about you or connect with you or talk to you, what's the best way of doing so? Thank you. The best way of doing so is to reach out on social media. You can find me, my team at Bootstrap Dreams with an S pretty much anywhere you search. The website bootstrapdreams.com is available for you as well. You can contact us there. Ask us any questions. We're open. We're available and willing to help you have the best possible outcome in your small business journey. Fantastic. Thank you very much for joining me today. That was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. I enjoyed you so much. And to the audience, thank you for sticking with us all the way to the end. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.